0: We're with our favorite child psychologist today, Katiana Azman. Good to see you again, Katiana. So today we're talking about children and the benefit of having pets while growing up. Yes. Did you have pets while growing up? I've had pets for as long as I could
1: remember. Um, I think it's just my mom is a huge cat person. And so I grew up having yeah, I, I, I think my earliest memory involves a cat. So I've always had
0: pets. <laughs> okay, I mean, both JD and I uh, yeah. had pets growing up as well. And I think we turn out to be pretty responsible human beings. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So should all children have pets while growing up and why? you know, as much as it is
1: possible to have pets, I'm a big fan of kids having pets, whether they are hamsters or dogs or cats, like having pets is something that has been not just, um, from the, uh, psychological community, but also from the medical community have found it can have a lot of benefits for kids. Um, and so, yeah, if it's something that's within, um, a family's ability to do making sure, sh- you know, ensuring that your family has pets and I would 100% support it. Um, Um, And the reasons why is because, you know, it teaches us, like you said, it teaches us responsibility from a very young age. Um, It makes us, it teaches them how to, it teaches us how to be accountable for something. Um, And at the same time, it actually also teaches us, it teaches us interpersonal skills. We might not have pets that talk back, although that would be awesome. Um, But we have, but we are learning how to interact with another uh, living creature. Mm. Um, And that's something that's really, really helpful for kids, especially those who are learning about communication skills and things
0: like that. Are there are those some of the benefits of children growing up with pets? Are there Absolutely. any more benefits? Well
1: most of, I mean, generally it's something that I mean it's been shown that like pets are are um, very helpful with regards to like emotional regulation. That's why animal therapy is actually a real thing. Um, so kids who have pets are known to be a lot better at regulating their emotions. They are able to self soothe a lot better with animals in the house. Um, and so those are just kind of like the main things mm. um, for typical children. Um, children who have a particular you know, challenges such as things like autism and ADHD and things like that bring additional benefits because um, it again the need to learn how to interact with another with another living being is something that they might struggle with more significantly than neurotypical children. So definitely, those are just some of the main benefits that we get from having from having pets. And pets don't judge, right? No, absolutely not. And pets please, don't pets
2: judge. judge. <laughs> That's a judgmental.
1: Well, they low-key judge you pet, not cats. Um, a lot more than dogs for sure um, you know I think that I think that cats kind of think that you work for them most <laughs> of the time um, but you know but absolutely it is it is a it is a cre- it is you know a creature or a living thing that allows you to kind of um, be who you are with with, with essentially no judgment um, you can actually you, you are also in a position to be able to learn what is appropriate and what is not appropriate I know this might sound a little bit odd because you know like I said the pets don't talk back but it is allowing children to actually experiment with 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 how they interact um for example if you were to go and you know hit your cat or push your cat away and anger your cat would probably run away and not kind of want to come back and kind of sit right, beside right. you um and so that is something that kids can kind of learn from and go like oh if I behave in that way the cat's going to run away, right? So these are the types of things
0: that, you know, kids do learn when they're interacting with pets.
2: Right, so they learn cause and effect and all that kind yeah. of yes, stuff.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, we know that they, that there are many advantages of having mm. pets uh, mm-hmm. as, uh, from growing up, but are there any disadvantages about children mm. owning pets? You know, can they be too young to learn mm. the responsibility of owning a pet?
1: Well, from a psychological perspective, I can't really think of one. Um, I think that uh, there's there's more positives than I can really think of in terms of negatives. The only thing that I could kind of think of is whether there's a medical... Um Uh, issue that we have to be aware of so some children do have significant allergies Um, some children might have i mean i've been told by my colleagues in the sort of respiratory field Mm -hmm. that having pets is possible even if you have asthma so that kind of that belief that we previously had that if you had asthma you shouldn't have pets um, is actually no longer true Um, but there are a lot of conditions like uh, that might make having a pet difficult um having a having a pet within the home uh, difficult and so that might kind of make things a little bit challenging if you had a pet within the home um I remember when I was growing up, um, <clears throat> my uh, my younger brother till today is actually very allergic to cats. Um, and well, he's kind of developed an immunity, which is something that, you know, comes with the benefit of having pets, is that it does actually help build upon your immunity. But from a young age, he was allergic to them. And so we had to give some of my pets away when I was little and I was oh. devastated. Um, that did not help with my with my relationship with my brother at all. When I was younger. <laughs> it's like you are the cause. <laughs> Um, but, you know, but till today, we, we have we have lots of pets in the house. Um, but it was a very tricky thing growing up. We had to be a lot more particular about hygiene and cleaning things down and everything and vacuuming when we were younger, um, when it was really um, an issue for him. So, yeah, there are certain medical conditions or certain situations where um, having a pet might be detrimental to your health. Um, but from a psych perspective, I can't really think of one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, must must it be specific pets that a mm. child can connect and bond with like dogs and cats mm. like how about like fishes and turtles and even mm. hamsters like something that doesn't respond to you i mean i mean yeah. dogs and cats they don't respond but at least yep. you can bond with them right you can stroke them and all that yeah
1: yeah well you know i think that it really kind of depends on sadly to say, the function of having the pet within the home, right? If you want to teach your child how to be responsible and teaching your child how to be accountable, then yeah, absolutely. Having a goldfish is perfectly fine for that purpose. Making sure that your child is on top of the feeding schedule, the cleaning schedule, making that their kind of chore and their responsibility, that's 100% fine. But if you're looking at building upon your child's you know, interaction skills, <clears throat> emotional development, then yeah, probably kind of not look at a pet that doesn't really um, have any type of um sort of like uh, interaction, right? So definitely like puppies, rabbits, cats, those are kind of more the preferred direction. Um, But in terms of whether there's any pets you wouldn't kind of want to introduce within the home, I would probably think about from a safety perspective. So probably don't have um, pets that could cause some type of serious injury, right? So any type of any i don't know i'm just thinking like in the in the realm of like snakes and really like you know things like that um <clears throat> but that might just be biased because i'm terrified of snakes um but basically having a pet that could potentially hurt your child um that would probably be something that i would probably think about before getting um but other than that yeah that's it really depends on what type of function uh, parents are wanting um a pet to fulfill
2: yeah but that's another thing to worry about because uh, um I do a lot of pet rescues and everything. A lot of people get pets because they're cute or because it's like the year of the dog or something, then they get a dog and everything. After a while, they get rid of the dog yeah. um, because <clears throat> parents always think that uh, you won't be able to handle this dog, then they, they get <clears throat> rid of them. But the, <clears throat> like, my question is, should you be rescuing an, an <clears throat> animal? Is that a good pet to get as <clears throat> a first pet maybe? you Because know? res- animal rescues are... Are a bit tougher You know what I mean
1: Yeah Yeah exactly um, I, You know I, I think that You're absolutely right If you're dealing with Animal rescues Especially animals Who've been rescued From very very Traumatic circumstances um, I have I have a friend Who works with animal with, with rescues And there's You know Definitely a lot of Challenges that come with it probably not a first not pro- probably not a good uh, first pet to have mm. or a pet or, or something to do when you have very young children not n- not so much anything but more just in the event that you know there's a lot of things that you have to help the pet kind of overcome right so in the case of my friend she rescued a, a, a puppy that was severely abused um, and so there was a lot of sort of um, fear with regards to people he was uh, constantly aggressive and defensive around people and so having a young child in the end Environment, who might not know that that's coming from a place of pain, right? You know, young children tend to kind of run up and want to cuddle things. Um, that could be something that would put your child unintentionally in harm's way. Mm. So I think if you are um, rescuing animals, especially animals who have gone through a very, very, very difficult time, I would kind of just take a second and think about you know, if I, if we're dealing with a child who, mind you, does not have the impulse control as we do, who do not have the ability to think, you know, who have foresight like we do and go, well, you know, this dog's kind of had a really rough time or this puppy's had a really rough time, um, then is it safe? You know, that should kind of be like a quick question you should ask yourself. Um, but if we're dealing with um, creatures who might not, you know, or animals who might not um, react in an aggressive way or they're just not so much... Rescued from traumatic circumstances, but just kind of like strays that you've kind of picked up by the mm-hmm. side of the road, that kind of thing. Then you know, maybe worth considering. Um, I'm a big fan of of um, adopting rather than buying. You know, I'm a big fan of that. Um, I've got quite a few sort of rescues that we've adopted who live here with us. Um, so, you know, of course I would say, I would not say like, oh, you, can, you should go to the pet store and buy a cat or go to a breeder and buy a cat and that's how you should be. Um, no, absolutely. You can have cats that you have or dogs or animals that you've brought into your home who are, you know, strays or who have been rescued. But just think about whether that animal is in a state where they would be able to be safe or mm. it's safe for your child to be around. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah.
0: But must the pet go? Grow up together with the child for mm. them to have a better bond. Like, how about if you already have a pet and then mm. you had you had a child later on? Oh, right. You know, can they also bond? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's still one hundred percent possible. You
1: don't have to necessarily be. You know. Um, Kitten slash puppies with a young child, yeah. and I mean, of course, that's kind of like the ideal setup. But it is one hundred percent possible to have adult animals uh, come into the home. You can see all these like videos online about you know adult uh, uh, you know adult dogs or adult cats kind of just taking to new infants that come into the home. So it's it's really not required for them to grow up together. Mm-hmm. Um, for any type of bonding to happen, of course, the child has to spend a significant time with the pet, right? So mm-hmm. I had a family recently who said um, that they uh, co-parent a pet with like a family friend so the pet doesn't live with them but the child is able to go and see the pet whenever he or she wants Mm. um but the the, you know that kind of affects bonding because the child is not around the pet as often as neat as it is possible but but yeah i think it's it's completely irrelevant whether it's an older animal or a young animal that grow up
0: together um yeah but i always feel that like oh once that child is bonded with that animal right Mm. and then that animal passes on. Yeah. Oh, how yep. should parents handle this? This grief yeah. that a child is going through because they've yep. lost their best friend, you know? That's that's
1: probably like one of the hardest uh, consequences. And in fact, I know some people who refuse to have pets just because they don't want to put themselves through having, losing them one day. Mm. Um, I actually had... Um, one of the children i was working with say that if he could wish for anything he would wish for dogs to live as long as humans oh. And I just like wet teary. Like I was like, oh my gosh, that's so emotional. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that's really tricky. So what I would recommend to to families, um, if you do have an aging pet that you know is kind of getting there, um, then I would kind of start preempting the child. And how you can do that is something which I've probably mentioned before. It's called social stories. Um, and social stories are basically fictional stories that you can put together and there's a lot of sites online that actually help families come up with them there's already preset templates online Um, and what social stories do is that it uses an age-appropriate fun way of talking about difficult concepts so things such as death is a main one that social stories focus on Mm -hmm. so you could essentially go online or get the assistance of um, you know a a doctor or a teacher most teachers are equipped with the skills to do social stories now um, to come up with a way to talk about Um, death right in a way that is age appropriate right so I would probably try to preempt it right Um, and then when it comes to um, a sudden death so say you lost your pet in an accident or something of that nature then I would probably try really hard um, to um, you know not kind of You know, because I've seen some parents do this thing where they're like, oh, you know, but, you know, it's fine. Like, you know, we'll just get you another one, (laughs) you know, something of that nature. And I'm like, no, don't do that. You know, you kind of want to help your child work through those emotions because these are all things that they are going to need to learn as they grow up. Learning how to deal with grief and learning how to deal with loss these are all things that they're going to have to learn as they grow up. So I would recommend just kind of, um, talking things through with your child. If your child is very young, feel free to kind of use, um, Concepts such as, you know, the uh, cat's gone up to cat heaven, and you know, you probably do, you know, kind of like use concepts like that to actually help your child kind of understand that the, the, the pet has moved on. So I would kind of still try to talk your child through it. It's not going to be an easy process where they snap out of it, it might be something that is difficult. I would look to kind of um, ensuring that there's as much sort of positive moments in their day in that period of time. So if they're getting quite sad, just kind of say, you know, mommy or dad. That he knows that you kind of that you miss so and so we really do too so how about we do something to kind of honor him so that when he's up there in doggy heaven he's looking down and seeing that we did something that he loved so what's something that we can do you know so you kind of um create sort of positive memories such as that um and that kind of mitigates it a little bit but i know that the loss of a pet is a really difficult one for most families.
2: Hey, even i can not handle it at my age maybe. i know <laughs> right? i know
1: I'm, I am I. still get super devastated like every time I have so I have, have you guys know this I have a lot of cats yeah. um, and they're now at a point where most of them are senior so I'm just like uh, you know just the idea of having to lose them is dead because some you know I, I feel like pets become a member of your family yeah you know, and so when you lose them, it's like losing a family member, you know, but it, it is something that is really, really difficult. But the benefits of having a pet definitely outweigh it. And, you know, and like I said, it it's, it's a skill that kids need to learn at some point anyway.
0: How about kids with fear of animals? Like my okay. nine-year-old, she mm. suddenly developed, I think when she was about five or six, mm-hmm. she, she was afraid of our pet, of our pet dog, our okay. golden retriever all of a sudden. Okay. Okay. And, and now she's just afraid of any kind of pets, like okay. any kind of... Uh, she, she won't go near a rabbit. She won't go near dogs or puppies, even kittens. What she's terrified of, of them. Yeah, that's I my next know. question. I have just- no idea. Okay. Well, you know, the
1: the the main the, the general principle is that kids are born without fear, right? That's something that they fear is learned. So something must have happened for her to kind of be scared of him, so either, you know, he was in a grumpy mood and tried to take a nip at her or something that kind of triggered it. Um so what I would kind of do is to try to um, try to find out the root cause of why she's scared, right? Um and then try to find a way to kind of integrate integrate the pet back into her life based on what those fears are so say she's afraid because he's taken a nip at her and Mm -hmm. that's something that she's never experienced then what you want to do is to kind of work with that right um or you know there has to be some type of trigger as to why um and then look at whether it's appropriate so if say for example um you, uh, it's not a fear that really needs to be addressed. So some kids have a fear of, you know, snakes and sharks and all of those things. And if those are things that you're not really interacting with on a daily basis, then I would say kind of just leave it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if it's, you know, like in your case, there's a pet in the home that she suddenly become afraid of, then I would kind of want to understand what caused it. So I would probably want to sit her down and be like, you know, I noticed that you don't really like playing with, you know your dog's name anymore? Pooh Bear. <laughs> oh
0: my god! Um, Golden <laughs> Retriever, and she named him. So, uh, so like um, back back when they were younger, they played. Like when they were pup, yeah. when he was a puppy and she was young, they played mm. together. I I still don't know the exact trigger. Maybe when he mm. grew a little bit bigger and she was Maybe. still quite small, Maybe. he. You know, he's a bouncing little, you know, puppy yep. still. Yeah. He bumped into her yeah. and she fell yeah. or whatever. I, I yeah. think that might be the cause. Yeah. But how can that fear transcend to all fears of like all furry animals?
1: Well, I think that it's it's you know the, the human brain is, is a it's a big fan of the all or nothing concept, right? And so what that probably caused is that something bad or something you know, unfortunate happened with your pet, and then she started thinking that that uh, that all pets have that capability as well, right? So it's this it's a defense mechanism that the human brain does because if we are able to identify patterns very quickly, if we can apply an all or nothing concept to things, then a brain then the brain is not having to mitigate problems as it comes, right? So this is something that the brain naturally does out of efficiency. And when you have a young child who has limited life experience, they're not really able to rationalize it as quickly as us and go, well, okay, this was Pooh Bear. This was not every dog on earth, right? They don't really have the ability to do that at that age. So chances are she had something happen with Pooh Bear or something that kind of frightened her. And because she doesn't have as much exposure to a lot of dogs that where she can compare and go, oh, Pooh Bear did that, but all the other dogs didn't do that. She's developed a little bit of an all or nothing concept mm-hmm. with all the animals, right? So that's something that we kind of need to work work through. So I'd probably want to figure out what it was that caused it. So have conversations at home and be like, you know, I noticed that you don't play with Pooh Bear anymore. You know, why is that? Did Pooh Bear do something that scared you? You know, kind of make it a very fun conversation, easy conversation. Um, and then go from and then go from there. Um, I would want to focus on pointing out that. What happened with Pooh Bear need not happen with everyone else, mm-hmm. right? Or with every everyone, but all, all other pets or all other animals. Um, and then kind of gradually introduce her to that. So do things like take her to a petting zoo or do things to kind of gradually introduce animals into her life. Um, but yeah, first things, we kind of have to find out what, what yeah. happened. Really. I was yeah.
0: actually thinking of getting her a, a smaller puppy okay. just to reintroduce her to something that She's bigger than, than yeah. that puppy now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because Pooh Bear is huge. She, he's he's also yeah. nine, so he's huge now, and she, yep. just, she just doesn't want to go and pet him. But yeah. here's
2: another thing, though, Katiana. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
2: Uh, let's say you have a very cuddly, super-friendly pet at home, and okay. anything you do to that pet is completely fine. That yeah. also doesn't teach the kid that other animals might not be the same way so that Mm -hmm. when they go and approach another animal, they need to... How do you teach them that... Not all animals Are all friendly And cuddly And everything you know? yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So you know Yeah absolutely And if you think about it This is kind of like Teaching kids about How every human being Is also different Right So so see This is just another skill That we can basically Teach them But you know Yeah very good point I would probably want to As they get older Or as they interact With other animals Kind of point that out Right So this is actually that happened Something that happened Quite recently With one of my nephews Where he has a cat at home Who you can do Whatever you want with um, And he came to visit and then he just went all out on one of my older cats who was just like, oh my God, get away from me, (laughs) right? Um, And you could just see the look of horror on the cat's face. Um, So that was something that kind of surprised him because he didn't know what to do. and so what his mom had done or what my cousin had done was basically try to tell him that, oh yeah, you know, so we have to be gentle with this one, you know? So it's just like how all of us, some of us like certain things and some of us don't like certain things. It's the same with animals, you know? So you notice how, Ab- she got older brother, you notice how Abang doesn't like it when people come and like scare him. So, but you're okay with it. So you see how everyone is different mm-hmm. and it's the same with animals. So our cat at home really, really likes cuddles. But this cat's a bit older and he doesn't really like it when people squeeze him too hard. So we'll go really gentle, okay? So you kind of teach kids about Um, how people are different and how animals are different. Um, It's something that has to happen with younger children more than with older children. With older children, you can kind of just point out and say that, you know, this cat's a little bit older. He's kind of a little bit scared of people. So you kind of just want to be very, very gentle. But see, if you stroke him very softly, he likes it, you know. So you can do that with older children. But with younger kids, you kind of have to make a bit more of a comparison Mm. with them and other people and things like that.
2: My problem is I have really cute rabbits, right? And cool. then everybody thinks, "Oh my god!" All these. So I let them run around sometimes in the park, and then yeah. kids run up, and I'm like, "I've got an older rabbit who's who's slightly gangster,
1: <laughs> so,
2: yeah." So doesn't like other people to touch it except me. So it's yeah. a bit strange, but she looks so cute, and kids just come up, and then she she starts having that the ears at a uh, fold back, and then yeah. she's like, "I'm gonna get you," kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So
1: yeah,
2: I I think, uh, in general, people need to understand like that. It's about boundaries as well, yeah. right? Isn't it? Yes.
0: You yes. need to go and educate the children at at, yes. at, the, at the park about your yeah. rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: One more thing that freaks me out, I, every time I watch videos online, and it's always like the dodo or something. Mm-hmm. And yes, these, some of these animals are completely fine. You can do anything to them. They introduce mm-hmm. all these really young babies and then, the, yes, the dogs kind of babysit them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the, the babies are pulling on the ear. And, yes. and then my worry is that like sometimes a baby is too young you don't know what you're yeah. doing You might yep. poke the eye of the of the animal and then the animal attacks yes sometimes yes. i think parents leave the kids like too. they're too trusting with the animal in a way yes. is that is yes. that is that a valid fear
1: that is a valid that is a valid fear right because you have to acknowledge that you know pets are uh they are animals at the end of the day right and you can't explain the situation to them Um, and so they are unpredictable in certain situations right so i would say if you have and and i've seen the videos that you're talking about where like parents come back with the baby straight from the hospital and like the the
0: carrier and then the the dogs just lick them in the face oh wow and
1: just plonk the carrier (laughs) right there I would tell parents that if you have a child that is too young to be independent, kind of don't leave them unsupervised with your pet. Um, So if we're dealing with toddlers, like you said, who like to tug on their ears and put them in the eye, don't don't leave your child unattended with a pet you know if you're there just kind of be like no sweetie don't do that it hurts because you know how like if i pull your ears like this is no fun right so kind of pull their hand away so those are types of things that they're learning because again they are learning how to interact so they probably don't think there's anything wrong with pulling on their fluffy ears and things like that so it's our job to kind of help them understand that those are not things that the pet's really gonna like so if your child is older, like in primary school and stuff, that yeah, go ahead. You know, you can kind of leave them. But if they're at an age where they are a little bit more uh, inquisitive, maybe a little bit more destructive, then probably don't um, leave them with the pet unsupervised constantly. So if you know that your child is hanging out in the living room and the cat is there, just kind of sit by them and just kind of watch what the child is doing, mm. um, and then you know go go from there. But yeah, it's a it's a very valid concern. I've had a few I've had a few incidences. Both personally and professionally, where cat, uh, where uh, kids have tugged on the cat's tail and the cat has turned around to kind of like scratch at them, um, and then that adds to the fear. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's unlikely that they're going to want to play with cats ever again after yeah. that incident. So it's very important that we give um, our children a positive introduction to having pets as much as we can. Yeah. So don't leave them unsupervised yeah. if if they're very young. Yeah. Because
2: yeah. the worst part is, they, let's say they scratch or they 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 nip. Right. Suddenly oh. it's the animal's fault. I'm like, yeah, but. The animals don't know, you know, so yeah. it's your job to make sure your kids are safe. You know it
1: yeah, you know, like I mean, I have a cat who's a coincidentally sleeping right here. Um, I have a cat who is uh, very grumpy, um, and even um, even we find it very difficult to cuddle her. She kind of um, she kind of like tells us when she wants cuddles, uh, but the rest of the time she will hiss and bite and scratch. And she's one of the rescues that we have. Um, and so knowing that, I'm very very quick to tell guests um, who have children, like yeah, let's kind of give the black one a little bit of space, you know, because that one can be really really grumpy. So be really, really careful with that one. So I kind of preempt it because I don't want, you know, a a bad interaction with this cat to Mm -hmm. kind of affect. So, you know, I I kind of make that step, you know, not because I don't want people to cuddle the cat. It's just I don't want that to happen to young kids. So, so yeah, so it's like you say, it's never the pet's fault um, because they don't understand. They can't be reasoned with. So it's really our job as adults to kind of make sure that we're protecting our kids from that kind of interaction.
0: Now, Katena, any Ooh. final advice to parents on why they should or Ooh. shouldn't get pets Ooh. for their children?
1: like i said i think from an emotional development from an from a communication skills from a psych perspective it is wonderful to have pets but i always tell parents make sure that it's something uh, that you research extensively before you decide to do it don't just go and grab a pet that you see on the side of the street or an animal you see on the side of the street without kind of understanding what that responsibility is going to entail um not just from a financial perspective but also from a health perspective um and also um you know, uh, making sure that this the animal that you choose to have within your home is safe for your young child, right? So I would say don't just kind of, you know, a lot of people are attracted to the fact that, oh, it's cute, let's bring him home, you know, without really looking into what this responsibility is going to entail. And since we are kind of wanting this, um, this uh sort of relationship to teach our children something, you have to make sure you kind of know what you're signing up for because not just to your child. I also kind of feel you're doing a disservice to the animal if you're just going to adopt him or her and then neglect him or her. So I am a really big, you know, supporter of telling parents if you want to have pets, great, but do the research, look up, you know, what you can on the internet about how to care for this type of animal. Um, Make sure that you take this animal to the vet, get them checked out, understand if there's any medical concerns with the animal that might impact your child's health. Do your research. There's no such thing as too little research. Um, And if your child has a pre-existing medical condition, consult your medical professional before making the decision to adopt a pet and see whether it's safe for your child. Um, But otherwise, if you have all of your ducks in a row, having a pet is something that will really help your child, I think.
2: Did your parents have cats before you you arrived?
1: my mom has had cats since she was a child. So it was just something that we always had in the house. And I had asthma and I grew up, you know, like the whole orang tua thing where my grandmother was, was like, no, 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 no cats, no cats, you know, but, I just always had cats from when I was younger, I guess because my allergy was not as severe as my younger brother. So my younger brother till today, he's 24, and he will cuddle, like really snuggle with our cats. And then he gets his face. And then I know that it's kind of hit him and he'll be like, okay, I'm done. And he hands the cat over and he gets an antihistamine. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a lot more intense with him. And it's something that doctors can actually check now. So you can take your child to a... Uh, pediatrician or to an allergy specialist to determine um, how uh, allergic your child is to a to your pet um, that's something they can do now so, these are just some things that you can actually um, look into. But I've always, yeah, I've always had cats. It's always been um, in my household. If it's your cat, it's your responsibility. Um, so a big chunk of my salary each month goes to my cats,
0: Whoa.
1: having to pay for their food and their toys and everything. So you know, it's taught me responsibility from a very young age. Um, it's also taught me a lot of um, self-soothing. So one of the things that was really beneficial was I was an only child for a really long time, and so. My younger brother is eight and a half years younger than me, and so I didn't really have the benefit of a playmate. I didn't really have the benefit of um, someone learning, someone kind of comforting me when I was sad because mom was working and things like that. So um, the pet kind of filled that void for me growing up, you know. And so even when I went off to college, I adopted a cat from the local market in Melbourne. Um, and I brought her back. so that cat actually is in KL right now, and that cat became my housemate for all you know the time I was in Australia. So you know it's it's definitely something that brings some value into your life, I think.
2: That's why your name is Katiana.
1: Probably. My mom probably unconsciously decided like cat. And that's what my my, uh, lecturers in uni used to call me. So I think that this is something my mom just unconsciously went. Yes. So that she's around cats forever and ever.
2: (laughs) Cat lady.
0: Thank you so much, Katiana. You're very
1: welcome. Take care, everybody.